Tonight we profile the opposition, a team that we get to see quite frequently, despite the fact that we're in different conferences. Good to keep the rivalry alive. The Reading Royals and their broadcaster, one of my great friends in this league, David Fine. And David, you know, even though we're in different conferences and the teams aren't as maybe intense rivals as they used to be back in the day, there's something to be said about this wheeling Reading rivalry. Always good games. I mean, DJ, in a couple of years you're talking about matchup 200. Not quite there yet. Still under 180, but it's fun. these games are fun. These games are fun. I really enjoy coming to Wheeling. It's a great ECHL city. It's a great minor league city. The longest lasting team below the American Hockey League and minor pro. And heck, we just need a fight to get it going again. It's all straight. It's an unbelievable streak, and this has been a very unique season to watch so far for the Royals, and this is a team that's been consistently a playoff team year after year. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of this season, Reading being a small market team, what do you think makes them a legitimate playoff contender year in and year out without having to go into a swoon at all? I think it's the coaching. Larry Corville, one of the best coaches over the last two decades in ECHL history, playoffs in his first eight, or his last his only eight years as a coach, I should say. He was an interim coach that made the playoffs eight straight years with the Royals, a great Royals player, and he's transitioned that and handed it off to Kirk McDonald over the last now uh, season and a half, this being Kirk's uh, second full season. And uh, Kirk's very smart, he's very intense, and he brings a little bit of Larry with him as well. I, th I think it's entirely due to the coaching, because as you know, DJ, Wheeling and Redding, it's not Orlando, Florida. And you have to recruit the right players, you have to recruit serious players, and I think the Nailers and the Royals have done that over the last few years. They've now been an affiliate of the Philadelphia Flyers for a few years as well, and for a while there, you looked at the American Hockey League, and there was a big drought for Flyer affiliates. Adirondack never made the playoffs as the Adirondack Phantoms. Lehigh Valley, it took them a little while to get going. What has Philadelphia figured out in terms of the player development model that's also led to wins in their organization? Well, I think it's the it's the proximity really helps. Uh, something that Nailers fans are familiar with, with Pittsburgh being not too far an hour from here and Wilkes-Barre what three three and a half hours from here uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton so um, from a proximity standpoint the Flyers love it uh, from the development standpoint good coaches Scott Gordon now going from the AHL up to the NHL something that uh, Penguins fans are familiar with in terms of a development arc coaches within the organization getting promoted and uh, again I really think it's the coaching and the proximity because they're you know if you're Manchester you have to fly cross country to go to Ontario uh, with the LA Kings organization if you're the Royals and a guy gets called up, he drives. It's it's a 36-mile drive to Allentown, and it's an hour, 70 minutes, you know, just 70 total minutes to get to Philly, an hour 40 if you hit a little traffic along the way, and Allentown being an hour and a half from Philly makes it really easy as well. One of the weird anomalies about the 18-19 Reading season is the split of home and away. The Royals are four games over away from Santander Arena. They are one game under at home. Have you been able to put a finger on why that might be? They turned up the music in mid-December. <laughs> uh, the music was quiet, and the Royals were 2-6-2 two, and two at home. They had the best road record in the league. I think only one or two regulation losses on the road at that time. And uh, they turned up the music, and they won 
five out of six at home, and it's just been uh, it's been trending pretty well since then. A few losses in a row here. Um, a lot of players up in Lehigh Valley right now for the Royals. Five-game losing streak, and everyone at this time of year is hurting a little bit, and you wonder who's going to step up. I think it's a credit to, on the Nailers side, the fact that they've received, that the offense hasn't gone away, as you put it to me earlier today. It's interesting you'll see different teams, like we'll see Kalamazoo, and there have been nothing but slugfests in that building where it's all offense, and then Kalamazoo came here for a road game, and it was a 2 nothing game. Do you notice a different style for the Royals home and away? No. Uh, no, this is a team that uh, is very aggressive no matter what. I think a credit to Kirk McDonald is, at least in the coach's estimation of counting the scoring chances, that even throughout the five-game losing streak uh, that's presently going on, that uh, the Royals' scoring chances have been even, if not a little bit, over their opponents, and coaches can count it however they want, but that's something he's really stressed, and I think in the last meeting before the All-Star break, the scoring chances were probably about even between the teams, and uh, Royals got to win a few one-goal games. Central Division, Cincinnati and Toledo are really good. Standings-wise, you look at the North. Newfoundland's at the top, Adirondacks in second. They seem to be leading the charge for most of the way. You guys have played well against the Growlers, though. What's your analysis of the North Division? We just saw Adirondack and Brampton both for the first time all year. Man, it, I don't know. Like Nobody knows because these teams just beat each other up. Uh, Newfoundland's clearly the best. I mean, let's not get crazy here. The Royals are the only teams to hand them back-to-back -back regulation losses. It might even be back-to-back -back losses total, but uh, the Royals swept the Growlers in early December. They're still the best team. They got the most firepower. They still have the best goaltending when Gartag, who used to be in Kalamazoo, is going. Um, so I'd put Newfoundland one. Adirondack, got to give them credit. Royals have had their number lately, three straight wins against them. But I'd put uh, Adirondack two. Then, I don't know. It, the Royals can be in third or seventh tonight, depending on the result. And they're in, tied for fifth right now. I think it's a huge jumble between Maine and the Royals and Maine. Manchester, Brampton's been sneaky good here, but Royals have a few games at hand as uh, with 42 played by Brampton, and then I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, the Royals always lose in Worcester, so I'll put Worcester at seventh. But Worcester could be in in, in third if they win a few in a row here. So um, one and two are Newfoundland, Adirondack, and then I'll tell you to shuffle the deck and pick them as you want. The Nailers have a three-game trip to New England coming up in February. Where they'll see Manchester, Worcester, and Maine for the first time. Is there something that you can take away that's a similarity for the three of them? or is it going to be a different type of a game each night? Maine's really good on home ice this year. Uh, they've been getting good crowds there. Uh, Portland's really supporting them. Manchester, they play fast at home, uh, but on the road they tend to have more success. Uh, it's the same as last year, and that's continued with Doug Christensen. If you're in Worcester, man, just expect a 2-1 game. First team to, they're playing a different style than everyone else, even Brampton. First team to three wins when you're there. Um, really interesting when you get up there. Look at their stats of when they score three goals in a game, they don't do it often. What what their you know what their record is because it's it's a lot better than when they give up three goals a game. Every other team in this league's playing to a four-three final. The Royals as well, even though the offense has struggled. Worcester's just playing to a three-two game, and Manchester can be high-scoring or can be two-one depending on which uh, Charles Williams you see. And the Royals have seen only one of that over the last two years. So, forty-two points for both of us. It should be a terrific game tonight, Finer. I always appreciate a few minutes of your time and. 
great to see you as always. Best of luck. We can actually root for each other now because we're on different sides of the ledger. Yeah, that's the best thing. Pat Richards, um, our color commentator in Reading, who's going to be honored in a week from now on the Wall of Honor. Every time the Royals play Wheeling now, he goes, you know, if it goes into overtime, who cares? Because it's, it's not a three-point game if you're in different conferences. So it is, but it doesn't really matter for the standings. So maybe we'll get one in overtime or a shootout tonight. Royals have done really great at that this year. <laughs> All right, David Fine, the broadcaster for the Reading Royals on our Wheeling Office Supply Intermission Report. Out-of-town scores and third-period action next on the Nailers Broadcast Network.